Well, hello, church family. This is JP. I'm here on Zoom tonight with Matt, Brian, and Paul, our elders, and we are set to begin our fall Wednesday night series, Male and Female, in Genesis through Revelation. And we thought it might be fun, the first podcast we do, to kind of all be on it together as we talk about what we've already done as a church, what we hope to talk about this fall, and how we'll talk about these things in the future. So Brian Thornton is going to speak to kind of the why now and kind of take us through what we've done briefly. Paul is going to do the what, and then we'll finish up with Matt kind of talking about the how. So thanks for being with us, and we look forward to talking about this conversation in our Wednesday night class. So Brian, how about you lead it off for us? Sure. Thanks, JP. Well, church family, you'll remember that last August, uh, we announced uh, a year of discernment and a time to take a step back as a church and just think about a lot of things to, to gather input, to pray through things as a community, um, and just to, to really consider our communal life together. Um, one of the focuses uh, of this year of discernment was the role of gender uh, within our collective body. But, uh, just also considering some other things as well as we are in sort of a transitional time with leadership in our church and with children growing older, we just really wanted to think about our life together. And if you'll recall, we uh, taught on Sunday mornings, uh, sort of our, frankly, couple years of preparation uh, as a eldership and leadership team uh, on our studies uh, on gender roles within the church and, and going through scripture. And then we dug through that uh, deeper on Wednesday nights, just meeting together, reading these scriptures uh, a lot of times together and just thinking through those things. Um, we took a break from small groups in the fall so that the elders uh, and our wives could meet with every family in the church, uh, just to check in and, and ask three important questions. Number one, we really wanted to hear how you were doing. Number two, we wanted to hear how we as a church and, and as a community at Ackland could support your family better. And then number three, we wanted to really hear our members uh, thinking and just their, their beliefs on gender. And I'll be frank, I thought that that third question was going to take up all the space in those conversations, and I was wrong. Um, I was so pleasantly surprised and humbled uh, just to learn that, you know what, when you, you ask your families in your church how they're doing and they believe that you care, um, they're going to tell you. And, and church family, we learned so much. And honestly, I, I think some of what we're doing right now in this pandemic uh, reflects some of those learnings. We were set to, to finish that teaching series in May of this year. And of course, as all of you know, uh, in the middle of March, COVID-19 interrupted that. 
we needed some time to adapt to what our church flow looked like in a pandemic. And we took a break from these conversations and this teaching because, frankly, it felt like the pandemic and our response deserved our main focus as we uh, spent time just praying for and, and thinking about and, and supporting families in our church. But spring turned into summer and now summer turning into fall. And uh, over the summer, we, we had some hard conversations uh, as a church family. We, we navigated a conversation about race on Wednesday night together. And as we talked about this and we talk about sort of, hey, what does our continued life look like together? We really felt like we can continue this conversation, maybe in a little bit of a modified format, but we're going to try this out. And so with, with your patience and with your prayer, um, we are looking forward to uh, taking a couple weeks and stepping back at, at where we've been uh, and then continuing forward. Um, and, and so we are excited to move forward. Um, one note before I pass it uh, back over to JP, which was to say, uh, I mentioned earlier that we said, hey, it was really important to us as an eldership and leadership team to meet with every family in our congregation. And before the, the pandemic caused us to take a, a pause on in-person gatherings in March, we'd worked through about 70% of our congregation. If you're listening to this and you think, man, I, I didn't get a chance to do that, we still really want to speak with you. It is so important to us that, that we really take this time to hear from everyone. And so I don't know what that looks like, whether it's a driveway visit, whether it's us getting together on Zoom, uh, what that looks like. But if you're thinking, I didn't get the chance to do that, and I would sure like to, or maybe I didn't get the chance to do that, and I'm kind of okay with that. We'd love to hear from you. Um, uh, reach out and, and let us know, uh, and we'll be glad to schedule something. Thank you for that, Brian. And I know that that refresher is helpful for me just because some of that seems like years ago because of the pandemic. The pandemic's taken so much air out of the room. Uh, but yeah, the, a lot happened last fall. We had a lot of conversations. That was a really wonderful time. And uh, it's helpful to have that reminder. Paul or Matt, anything you would like to, to say about what Brian said before we move on? Not really. He did, a, he did a good job. We would. We would, really. It was one of the highlights of the year, though, to, to be able to have families in our homes and kind of especially have some sit-down conversations with folks that I hadn't done that a lot with. It was, um, it was really good. So, yeah, that last 30%, we'd love to see you. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, no, I agree 100%. Um, you know, uh, Fran kind of got after me one day. Um, as I was talking to, to her and Bill, she said, you guys have taken on a lot uh, to, to meet with every family in the church. That's a lot on your families. And I said, well, I said, Fran, it, it is a big commitment. I said, but it is such a blessing. And she looked at me and she said, I know that it is. 
Um, and, and so it, it, it is a blessing, and we we would love to hear from you. Well, and it feels even richer looking back on it, just with the absence of face-to-face now, you know, those are really good memories. Well, moving on now, Paul is going to remind us of what we're talking about as a church, and this is a slight abbreviation of a talk that he gave. Was it last August, Paul? Yeah, I think it was August. Um, we did a this first class on Sunday morning. So yeah, I just want to kind of give uh, just an overview of kind of where we are, um, where we land on, on the gender role issue. Um, so basically, I grew up, you know, not so much with like a belief and a, an understanding of why women didn't speak or pray publicly. I think I'm more I kind of inherited a practice, you know, and I assume that that practice is what people who took the Bible seriously held to. Um, 1 Corinthians 14 wasn't preached on a ton at the church I grew up up at, uh, but I knew the verse, and um, I just never really took the time to consider, you know, that maybe it's not as cut and dry as I assumed. Now, right off the bat, I want to be clear, I did not have a thoughtful approach to this question. I'm also not saying that if, for people who don't agree with me, I'm not saying that they don't have a thoughtful approach. I'm just saying that in my life, um, it was something for a long time that I just, I didn't think it concerned me. And honestly, I just, I didn't put a lot of thought into it. And that's, that's something I really regret because as I've gotten older, I I think it's very important to think about. So as we kind of get into this, Um, I just wanted to offer a couple of do's and don'ts that are helpful for me. Take this for what it's worth. Uh, But a couple of do's when I'm trying to figure something out like this. Uh, I do look for overarching themes. So I want to know, you know, what are the central teachings? What are the the big characteristics of the kingdom of God that we see throughout the Bible? And how can that direct us as we think about something specific? Another do I try to read books or letters in this case in, in large chunks. I think that that helps us avoid uh, proof texting. Uh, and I, we can talk more about this, but you know, one of the most helpful things for me during this process was just reading first Corinthians in one sitting. I did that this week. Give that a try sometimes as you're thinking through this. I think it's very helpful. A couple of things I try to avoid. I want to be careful not to try to make the epistle, the epistles a new law. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with proof texting, but as we especially read through Paul's, uh, Paul's letters, you know, he, he, he finds it very important. He finds freedom in Christ to be something that he values very highly. So I don't want to turn his letters into some kind of new legalism. The last thing is I just want to be careful what scriptural hill I'm willing to die on, if that makes sense. Um, there are passages that we're going to cover in this that are just hard, and there's not, there's not a real consensus out there in the scholars. Um, so I want to approach it with humility. Um, I think it's wise to, to take our stands on biblical principles that we understand and we feel confident we understand. We don't want to try to make a lot of uh, heavy theological moves with the most challenging text in the Bible. Okay, those are my do's and don'ts. Take those for what you will. Uh, Let's kind of get into our summary. As we talk about gender roles uh, in in our church body, I think it's really important, you know, where we start. Um, In my tradition, our tradition growing up, 
uh, we have historically started in the New Testament. We've historically started with either 1 Corinthians 14 or 1 Timothy 2. At face value, those verses appear to prohibit women from teaching or even speaking in churches. But, you know, taking scripture as a whole, um, they seem to kind of go against the general thrust of female worth and giftedness in other parts of the Bible. So you, you got to hold those things in tension. And you got you to gotta think about where you start this conversation. For, for us, uh, we think it makes sense to start in Genesis, Genesis 1 through 3. We start in Eden. Um, worthwhile to point out that we start in Eden. That's where we're going to end up as well. Revelation 21 and 22. The Bible ends with this vision of a restored and redeemed Eden, uh, the future heavens and future earth. So, you know, right off the bat, we have this sense of, of, of where we start, and we know where God is leading us. So in Genesis 1, you know, God creates male and female in the image of God. Women and men are created to steward God's creation. They both bear the image of God fully. And yet somehow together, you know, they demonstrate the fullness of God's image in a way that only males couldn't do or only females, females couldn't do. Femaleness and maleness are created goods. Male and female are different. Uh, we're, we're, we're completely happy to, to, to agree with that. And those differences are good for us. Um, in fact, the continuance of life depends on those differences. Moving into chapter 2 of Genesis, we see God forms Adam from the dust. He forms Eve from Adam. And when Adam sees her, he realized that they're the same flesh. You know, one was not made uh, of better material than the other. They're equal. And at this point in the story, um, we don't see any, any hierarchy. You know, they, they steward the garden together. Moving into chapter 3, obviously sin enters the picture. A serpent tempts Eve, and Adam joins her in that sin. Um, ultimately, God brings a series of curses on the lamb and the serpent. And, you know, of note to us, God says to Eve, your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Okay, a lot of things come to mind with that. Uh, one thing that, that we want to point out here is presumably prior to this, Adam did not rule over Eve. And, and now with this with this curse, with the sin coming into the world, now he does. So in discussions about gender a lot, especially um, the tradition we, we grew up in, you often hear people point to this passage as, you know, this is God's design for a marriage relationship. But, but just, it's worth noting, that is not how it was from the beginning. I'll take a breath here. If, if you guys have anything to add, I'll take a sip of water. You know, one of the things that, encourages me so much paul every time i hear you talk about this is embedded beneath this is a belief in the centrality of the scriptures like this is a scriptural conversation and i mean we're not going to be naive and say we can step outside of our culture you know we live in our culture like a fish in water um and so there was a culture in bible times there's a culture now and yet this primarily is not about the latest thing going on in our culture or about American culture. This is about scripture and this is a biblical conversation. And, uh, and I get encouraged every time you talk about it, uh, just thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, um, so that gets us through Genesis. As we continue into the Old Testament, you, you see this curse in action, this curse, this idea of, of, of men ruling over women um, from people like Hagar and, and Tamar, Leah. I mean, it is, there are horrible, rough stories uh, that we see women going through. And modern readers, you know, a lot of times the complaint about the Old Testament is the patriarchy and the sexism. And I, I get it. Uh, most of our main characters in the Bible are men. Um, but there are notable exceptions. Uh, Miriam not only saves Moses from the Nile, but um, she helps lead Israel for decades. And she's referred to as a prophet. Another prophet is Huldah, not one that we have a lot of VBS stories about, but she was a prophet in the time, the time of King Josiah. Um, Josiah, uh, the priest, found a, the book of the law in the temple when he was reigning. Josiah sends a team to hold a, essentially just to verify that the book of the law is, is, is this what we should, should we, we be following? And Huldah looks at the book. She speaks to them the word of the Lord. Um, the fact that she's a woman does not seem to, to cause them any hesitation. She has the gift of prophecy, and she's recognized as a prophet. She delivers this message from God. It's also worth noting um, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, these, these were prophets that were also active during the reign of Josiah, uh, but he went to hold them. Uh, there are more examples in the Old Testament, Deborah, Queen Esther. Um, so they're there, and I don't necessarily think Hey, this we, we model our practices necessarily after what we're reading here. The point of bringing those up to me is just to say, hey, here are women in, in our Bible, in the Old Testament. Here is what they're doing. We see them publicly leading. We see them giving direction. We speak, see them speaking for God, and I think that is significant. Moving into the New Testament, uh, obviously, women continue to play, be major players in the story of God. Uh, Mary, uh, her faith stands out. Uh, she forms this continuous thread from nativity to Pentecost. And it's a Pentecost that Peter you know, quotes the prophet Joel, that God would pour out the spirit on all people, on sons and daughters, men and women. And it's exactly what we see. Um, we think of Tabitha and her ministry to the poor. We think of Philip's four daughters who are prophesying in Acts 21. Uh, we think of Priscilla and Aquila and, and the teaching that they do together. Uh, Chloe that appears to be the host of a house church. Phoebe is referred to as a deaconess. And Junia, uh, much of the early church regarded her as an apostle. Of course, I mean, that doesn't even touch on just, you know, the way Jesus interacted with women was, was, a, was an elevation of their status. Uh, he spent considerable time with women. Um, a lot of them supported his ministry. You think of that vision of Mary and Martha where Mary is sitting at his feet, learning from Jesus. Um, so women are, women are faithful in the New Testament. They're the ones who are at the tomb on that Sunday morning. Uh, is women who first proclaim the risen Lord. So again, just like in the Old Testament, we have these examples of, of what we see women doing. Women are called deacons in the New Testament. Women are teachers. Paul calls several women co-laborers. 
Uh, so we see that in the New Testament. Uh, getting, getting close to the end of the Bible, the last two chapters of the Bible, we see John's vision of the new heavens and the new earth. And when he sees our future, he essentially sees a renewed Eden. He sees in his vision the tree of life. And John says, no longer will there be any curse. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the, older, for the old order of things has passed away. And what does he mean? I, I think he means that Jesus has come and he's undone that curse. Uh, the mutuality of the garden will reign. And I, I don't think we'll see men ruling over women the way that it had been in the past. This, you know, we're, we're kingdom citizens, and I think we're meant to lean into this future. So Genesis to Revelation, you know, that's the path um, that just makes sense to us. Obviously, along the way, um, there are challenging texts, and, and 1 Corinthians 14 comes to mind, 1, 1 Timothy 2. We're not going to blow through those tonight. Uh, we're going to spend time with those on a, on a different podcast because, you know, they deserve our attention. Um, but taken as a whole, we believe that leadership and ministry and scripture flows out of giftedness, not, not gender. And to be certain, men and women are different. Uh, but the Bible, I think, overall, I don't think it teaches that one gender is gifted to lead and speak, while the other gender is not gifted to lead and speak. Um, I don't think that's what we see. Now, were most of the, the leaders in the Bible men? They were, of course, uh, but considering uh, the time of the Bible, I, I don't think that should surprise us. We heard at, at Pentecost uh, that the Spirit was to come down on sons and daughters, and I, I think one of our roles as church is, is to help each other discern and encourage each other in these gifts of the Spirit. Some are gifted with teaching, some are gifted with speaking, some with encouraging or hospitality. Uh, we believe that church roles should be allocated and distributed based on giftedness, not, not on gender. I mentioned reading 1 Corinthians uh, in one sitting earlier. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, it, it's a great thing to read uh, when thinking about this, thinking about giftedness. Obviously, there's a lot I haven't touched on. This is kind of just the overview of, of, of our thought process, but I hope it starts as a good starting point as we jump back into this conversation. You know, in a nutshell, God created male and female in his image to steward creation. Sin in the garden brought the curse, but Jesus came to reverse the curse. And in the kingdom of God, I believe that we're all one in Christ. We're all one in Christ. That is a central theme throughout, um, throughout this study. And I think we honor that truth the most when we all use our giftedness to serve that body, you know, regardless of our gender. Thank you, Paul. I know you put a lot of work into that back in August and now kind of revising. And I'm so encouraged by that because it reminds us that we interpret each individual scripture within the context of the whole. And another illustration that always comes to mind is baptism is one of our core doctrines, one of our core practices. But we don't base our theology of baptism on 1 Corinthians 15, where Paul refers to people being baptized for the dead. I'm still trying to figure out all about what that means. Oh yeah. And, yeah, that's, yeah. And it's, 
maybe that'll be another podcast, but like that's Holy scripture. That's God's word. And yet we look at Romans six, we look at Acts two and other places to develop our theology of what baptism is. We don't let first Corinthians 15 dictate it. Um, one example, Matt and Brian, do you have anything you want to add or highlight of what Paul has just said? You know, as I have re sort of examined uh, my beliefs on this over the last couple of years, uh, Paul, one of the things that, that has really uh, sort of stuck with me and I'll say it, it's part of what spurred me to say, you know, what, what would make me change my mind on this interpretation that I think I kind of inherited from my tradition. And, and as you were talking through Genesis one and two, you know, I, I find that scripture so uh, just instructive and in, in that God looks at Adam and the work of the kingdom is not getting done with just man by himself. Mm-hmm. And he, creates Eve to uh, complete the work of the kingdom and, you know, carrying that forward, uh, church family, you you often hear us say that if you uh, come in our doors at Ackland Avenue, and maybe in this time of the pandemic, we could consider that, you know, our virtual doors as well. um, We believe that the Holy Spirit has led you here. Um, and part of our job as a church family is to help you discern what your gifts are and how to use them for the kingdom. And I, I just want to say that, like reaffirming our belief as an eldership, we do not believe that giftedness is handed out like in different quantities, depending on, on gender, like we believe that everyone has giftedness that they bring to this body and to this family and that we are missing out if we do not help you discern that and help you use that for the kingdom. Like we need your help in this. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, like in this, in this, kind of COVID time, you know, church has been a little bit different. And I think we've, a lot of us have seen how we miss the giftedness of each other. Um, I think we've, we've kind of seen a window into what it's like to not, you know, see each other every week and, 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 uh, and how we fellowship um, and, and how fellowship was kind of different when we were actually able to kind of walk around in, in a space um, and just, I, I don't know, like being in this time where we see what we've been missing to me, it, like it just kind of doubles down on, I think that we've probably been missing out on some other gifts, um, just kind of based on the traditions of, of how, uh, some of the scriptures have been understood. Um, and I, I think, um, it's encouraging. I really appreciate Paul's um, introduction today and just kind of like taking that more holistic view, um, instead of kind of a, 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 the view that sort of just given like, Oh, well, this is just what we do. We show up and, and not really even think about what the Bible says. Um, and I, you know, we're, I realize 
it's a complicated thing. Um, and, and I have a lot of appreciation for those that have come before us. Um, and, and, uh, I don't know, God, God, um, I think has a way of, of reaching every generation in different ways and encouraging us all, um, uniquely in, in, uh, sort of different convictions and different things that, that are really perhaps like really relevant to, you know, how the kingdom grows, um, in a particular time. Um, so I appreciate that so much, Matt. And, you know, you referenced it is complicated and that's why we're going to spend so much time in some of these texts that are hard and complicated um, and yet we're not doing this from a cynical standpoint. Like we're optimistic. Like we believe God is in control now. God was in control a hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, 2000 years ago. Um, and so we're excited as we do yep. this. I think I interrupted you. I interrupt people more now that we do zoom even than I know, but um, <laughs> you, you're going to close us out here with um, anything you want to add to that, but as well as how are we going to do this? process with COVID and social distance? Take us through that. Sure. So, um, so how, you know, we, we, we spent some time talking about what this class might, how it might be arranged um, and realized um, that it could be better if we um, recorded uh, the information um, on the, in a podcast form um, so that people could have some time to listen to it, um, and 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 it, and also not in the awkward Zoom format, because I, I think we're all still really struggling a little bit with how to even listen while there are all these faces moving and techno technological glitches, and um, so we thought, okay, let's do this podcast. Um, you know, we can even make you know, this information, make the information available, let people kind of be, be able to kind of consume it, read it, um, what, whatever they need. Um, and then, um, so part of the, part of the format, this will be different than what we did over the summer is, um, send in your questions to JP, um, and in email, or maybe, I don't know, you probably shoot him a text, Stephen. Um, uh, you know, it's like, even even when we had class in person in in the spring, I know some people struggled to sort of get the courage up to, to 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 say their question out loud. I mean, it's just hard. Not everybody is eager to 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 ask questions, um, even though they have one that really is important to them. And we really really need your questions. So, like, I just I want to encourage folks take advantage of this, this idea in this class, you know, listen to the podcast and really send your questions to JP. And then, so when we actually have the Wednesday night zoom, um, you know, we will um, respond to those questions and we'll elaborate um, and we can have some discussions. Uh, we can, and that way, it, it, you know, Wednesday night will really be about us really discussing uh, the material um, and, and, and so we don't have to worry about spending time teaching. We can actually talk and we can, and some of those questions can be heard. And then I, I just, I, again, I want to really encourage folks, um, kind of like 
we said at the, at the beginning, uh, you know, that 30% of you who has not, you know, who didn't meet with us, um, please take that opportunity. We, we can continue to do driveway visits, Zoom visits, um, even if we've talked to you before, if you have new thoughts, hey, that this is what we are here for. Um, as much as possible, we really want to to talk to y'all. That that's, I think that's like critical to the unity of our church. Um, it doesn't mean we all agree on stuff. It means that we actually are trying to like live our lives together in fellowship. Um, I know that's a struggle <laughs> in these times where we're also separated, but. Um, I believe that God is blessing us in ways um, if we would just have faith um, in each other. Um, and in the process, I think we're going to end up somewhere better, um, you know, regardless of, 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 of our feelings. Um, God's love will shine through. Um, another thing to kind of mention um, with, about this process is, um, and, and there will be probably mixed feelings about this statement, but we're not trying to finish this process in 2020. Um, I think um, we realize there's still more to talk about. Um, and really with, with the way things are so touch and go, um, trying to meet a deadline felt like asking too much. Um, and so um, it's pro this probably will dip into the next year and then we'll kind of see um, how that goes. Um, we want to make progress on this um, because it's really vital to our church. Um, it's, it's, it's more important than ever that, that we all realize how much the success of this church depends on the entire membership. Um, and I, I mean, I, I say that especially these days, you know, us knowing one another can't be that you all talk to three or four of us. <laughs> like you really need to um, be a bigger part of, you know, of trying to reach out to, to others in this church. Um, it's, it's not a spoke, um, you know, where some of us are at the center and everybody else is, you know, out on the edge. Like that's not how this, that's not how this church is organized. Um, it's a mistake to to think that that everybody in the spoke is is uh, gonna know everybody and know what everybody's up to. Um, and that they're the people that do all the work or they're the people that have real contributions. Like y'all, like we're just the elders and 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 the preacher <laughs> talking here tonight. Like you guys are the church of the Lord's church. I mean, we're we're part of that too, but you know, like our church is much bigger than just us four that are on this podcast and it is critical that you know that, um, you know, the, the work that we do as a church, it, 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 it is subpar when it does not include you. I am dead serious. And we have seen that over the summer and I won't go into examples because some of you know what I'm talking about. You can just, you, you know, your thing, but you know, God is continuing to make us better and, and, and deliver us through this time. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of how this is going to work. Um, I was going to go ahead. Is it okay to go ahead and lead a prayer? Do you guys have more do you want to say? JP, Paul, Brian, you guys got anything you want to add? Did I miss something? I'm pro prayer. You should, you should do that. 
Yeah, I don't have anything to add. That was that was well said. I don't have anything to add. Okay. Um, well, again, thank you all so much for um, being a part of this. And I really, I would encourage you, like, listen to these podcasts. It's important. Um, it, 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 even if you're a dude, like, please listen to these podcasts. God, the, your giftedness matters. Like, you need to find, you know, you're, you're not off the hook here. If, if women start doing stuff, <laughs> that is not happening. You, you know, everybody's going to be included. Um, and so we all need to be a part of this discussion of, of giftedness. Um, anyways, I should pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we are, um, we're just um, humbled um, to be uh, your church and um, to just try to do the work of your kingdom. We're not perfect. And we thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Um, we thank you for the ways that you deliver us. Um, we thank you for the ways that you work um, despite us. And I would just pray that your hand would continue to guide this process. Um, I pray that um, where we're wrong, you would correct us, Lord. Um, and where we're right, you would encourage us and you would help um, us to just love one another um, and uh, to go forward and um, to just further embrace uh, sort of our role in the community of Nashville. God, help us to uh, love one another and just um, be better beacons and um, better, better followers um, of, of the great work of your son, Jesus. Um, it's in his name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash org. Thanks again for joining us. God bless.